0: Father, thank you for the Holy Spirit who has inspired the word we hold in our hands, the word we just read. All scripture is God breathed as men were carried along by your Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, for the promise of the Spirit that you have sent to us through your death and resurrection so that we are never alone. Lord, would you help us to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, bearing the fruit of the Spirit and pleasing you through what you work by the Spirit in us. Would you do that now? Help us to see the truth Help us to have confidence in it and to embrace it. It's in the name of Jesus. Amen. The aim of this sermon is not to load you with guilt so that you cannot move forward. I know very few people who feel satisfied with their prayer life. How much they pray, how fervent their prayers are, how life-giving it is to them. So the aim of this sermon is not to load you with guilt. It's rather for you to believe that God wants you to have more than you have now. More fellowship with him. More power in ministry. He holds it out to you through prayer. And it's why, it's one of the reasons why, he gives us the Holy Spirit to help you pray. So the, the two texts we just read command us to pray in the Spirit. So that's to all Christians. We are commanded to pray in the Holy Spirit. The people that Paul, so Paul wrote Ephesians, Jude wrote Jude, the people that Paul and Jude were writing to knew what they were talking about. They didn't have to explain what they meant by praying in the Spirit. They had experienced it themselves. And so, you need to know what it is so that you can experience it. Here's what happens. People assume one thing or the other. And I think that probably both of these things happen in our church. You can assume that to be filled with the Spirit, well, I've seen people do wild things. They start getting excited and crazy, and sometimes it's chaotic. And you assume that's what it means to be filled with the Spirit, so I'm just going to do that stuff to be filled with the Spirit. Or... Or the other danger is that the Holy Spirit is just something you know from the Scripture. It's a theological category, but not an experience with a person. And so we want to see what the Scripture has to say. We're going to ask a few questions. First, what is every Christian's relationship with the Holy Spirit? Because every Christian does have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. We want to see what that is. Then, what does it mean as a Christian to be filled with the Holy Spirit? What does the Holy Spirit do when he fills us? And that's going to help us understand what it means to pray in the Spirit. And then we'll finally ask how can you do it? You're commanded to do it. So how can you do it? That's what we want to see. So if you're a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. 1 Corinthians 12 13. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were, to made, and all were made to drink of one spirit. Now, I just want to point out here, when it says, for in one spirit, we were all baptized, the word in and the word by are the same in Greek. Some people argue, well, this, this is being baptized in the spirit, not baptized by the spirit. It's the same phrase in the New Testament. You could read it, for by one spirit, we were baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. So if you are a member of the body of Christ, you have been baptized by the Holy Spirit. It's what it means to enter in to the people of God. It is not something that happens to you after you become a Christian. Romans 8, 9 says this, You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. So, every Christian has the Holy Spirit. Jesus did a lot for you when he died and rose from the dead. He did a lot for you. He paid for your crime, your guilt, your sin. He paid so that his righteousness could be substituted for your Sinfulness in God's eyes. He paid for you to be able to believe in God. He paid for you to be able to enjoy God. He paid for you to be able to be transformed, to be more like him. He paid for your life to bear good fruit. Jesus was buying that. He was buying ministry to happen in your life. He purchased your love of other people, and he paid for you to be able to go to heaven. All of those gifts Jesus bought, but none of them do you receive without the Holy Spirit applying them to your life. Jesus pays for the meal, and the Spirit serves it to you it might be better to say that the Spirit is the meal that Jesus pays for. Christian, you have God with you, in you. All Christians have the Spirit. Now, I'm about to explain that you can be filled more with the Holy Spirit And from there, we're going to talk about praying in the Spirit. But first, I want to close a door of misunderstanding. Praying in the Spirit, like Ephesians 6 told us to do, and like Jude verse 20 told us to do, is not the same thing as speaking in tongues. And here's why. Ephesians 6, 18 and Jude verse 20 are are commanding all Christians to pray in the Spirit. Everyone's commanded to pray in the Spirit. No matter who you are, God wants you to pray in the Spirit. Here's why that cannot mean speaking in tongues. Because in 1 Corinthians 12, especially verse 10 and verse 30, we see that speaking in tongues is not a gift that everyone has. So, you'll notice I skip over verse 9 because this is a list. Starts in verse verse 8. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. Somebody's got that. To another miracles. To another prophecy. To another the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another various kinds of tongues. To another the interpretation of tongues. In verse 30, Paul's going to continue. He's going to explain, we need each other. Because not... Everyone has all the gifts. Does that make sense? There's no one person who has all the gifts. We need each other, and that's why he asks these rhetorical questions. Are all Apostles? No, it's obvious. The church is not made up of all Apostles. Are all prophets? Are all teachers? No. Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? The answer is no. So praying in the Spirit is not the same thing as speaking in tongues, because only some people have the gift of tongues. And Paul is telling all Christians everywhere to pray in the Spirit. Okay. Now let's talk about what it means to be filled with the Spirit. All Christians have the Spirit, but you can be filled with the Spirit. I'm going to give you one example of this happening in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, Chapter 4, verse 31, the church is being persecuted. And so they pray to God to help them. And when they prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the Word of God with boldness. So these Christians who already had the Spirit in them were filled with the Spirit. I wrote down seven times in the New Testament that men and women are said to explicitly be filled with the Spirit. And that doesn't include all the other ways the New Testament talks about it without using those exact words. For example, if you read the book of Revelation, chapter 1, John the disciple says this, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet. So when John says, I was in the Spirit, he's talking about an experience with the Holy Spirit that he doesn't always have. That's what it means to be filled with the Spirit. It's an increased experience. And when I say experience, I mean experience. You can know that you are being filled with the Spirit. It's an increased experience of the person, the Holy Spirit, working in you. Ephesians 5.18 commands us to have this experience. Do not get drunk with wine, for that's debauchery. But be filled with the Spirit. Do any of you have lights in your house on a dimmer switch? either goes up and down or it's a knob that you can turn. If you turn the lights way down, there's still light in the room. Even if it's real soft, the light doesn't just stay in one place. It spreads throughout the room. Even when it's low. But if you turn up the lights, even though there was light already everywhere in the room, the room becomes more full of light. Like it's like to be filled with the Spirit. All Christians have the Spirit, but you can turn on the lights so it gets brighter, more fuller. Think of a balloon. If you blow up a balloon, the balloon is full of air no matter how small it is. You can fill it more or less, but the balloon has air in it. In the same way, all Christians have the Spirit in them, But he can fill you with an even greater density of his influence and power like light in a room or air in a balloon. And Jesus wants you, all of that, all of you to have that. Jesus wants that for your life. More and more, he wants you to know what it's like to be filled with the Spirit, to be under the Spirit's influence. To know the love of the Spirit and the power of the Spirit. Oh, Christian, do you want it? Seek it. He wants it for us. Now, let's ask, what does the Spirit do when he fills you? So, we, we already said that Everything Christ bought for us is applied to us by the Spirit, so we can make a list, a massive list, that would go on and on and on and on and on about what the Spirit does for Christians. But our focus right now is more narrow. We're asking, what does the Spirit do when he fills us? When you're filled with the Spirit... Like a room being filled with more light, or a balloon being filled with more air. He is not putting something new in you that was not already there. Instead, he is increasing what is there. In particular, your sense of the sweetness of God and his promises. And he increases your confidence in God and his promises. Let me, let me read several texts to you. I'm not going to put these ones up on the, on the screen. I want you to just listen for the kinds of things that the Holy Spirit is associated with. Listen to how many words are experiential words. You can experience emotionally, like joy, peace. Acts six five, Stephen was a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Acts eleven twenty four, Barnabas was full of the Holy Spirit and faith. Acts thirteen fifty two, the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Romans 14.17, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Romans 15.13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. 1 Thessalonians 1, 6. You became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit. 2 Timothy 1, 7. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Romans eight fifteen, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father, Romans 5.5 5, God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Galatians 5.22 The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Did you hear all of those internal emotional words? Love, joy, peace. now, the Holy Spirit bears fruit outside of us. Like the fruit of obedience. The fruit of kindness. The fruit of self-control that people can see. He gives us power in ministry and gifts to bless people. But he also gives us an inner experience of sweetness. I got, those, I got that from the words joy, peace. And confidence, you heard words like faith, hope. I'm aiming right now to describe what being filled with the Spirit is like. And from all these texts in the New Testament, I'm arguing that being filled with the Holy Spirit is when the Holy Spirit, who is a sovereign person, works on you. To increase the sweetness of God and his truth in your soul and increase your confidence in God and his truth. And I believe that's what God wants for us in prayer. That's what I believe it means to pray in the Spirit. It's being filled with the Spirit and praying. Praying in the Spirit is when the Holy Spirit acts on you. He works on you so that your cherishing of him and his truth and your confidence in him and his truth is heightened as you pray. Here's why this matters. When we pray under the influence of the Holy Spirit, relishing God... And submitting to him and trusting him in confidence. God is pleased and he blesses that kind of praying with fruitfulness, with power. You can fellowship with the living God that way. I hope that's what you're hungry for. Not just speak at God in your prayers but fellowship with the living God while you pray. You can have that because Jesus Christ paid for you to have it. I want you to have it. So one last question. How can we be filled with the Spirit and pray in the Spirit? Because Paul is commanding you to do something That someone else must do to you. Be filled with the Spirit. But the Spirit has to do it to me. So can you do that? You can. By God's grace, you can. Not because you control God. You don't. But because he has made a way in his grace. We're just gonna look at one text that has helped me to see how God supplies the Spirit to us when we're first saved and how he continues to supply the Spirit to us. It's just this one text that's helped me see it. Once you see it, you'll start to see it everywhere. It says Galatians 3, verses 2 through 5. Paul is writing, and he says to the Galatians, let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? So he's asking them, when I first came to you, how did you receive the Spirit? You received the Spirit not by doing the law of Moses, but because I preached to you, you heard it, and you believed. That's how you first received the Holy Spirit. He goes on. Does he who supplies currently, presently, the present tense verb, does he who continues to supply the Spirit to you and works miracles among you now, not just when you first believe, but now how does he do it? Does he do it by you doing works of the law? No. He does it by you hearing with faith. Here is God's appointed means. This is God's mechanism or path for you to receive the Spirit at the very beginning of your Christian life and daily as you are filled. Hearing with faith. That's how it happens. Hearing with faith. Hearing the truth and trusting it it's how god first saves you and gives you the spirit and then every day it is still the way that christians are empowered again and again with the holy spirit have you ever tried to pray i'm going to pray And you find your little quiet corner or you get down on your knees and you realize after about three minutes that you're thinking about something totally different. You're thinking about Ferrari world. Has nothing to do with what you're praying. Your mind is wandering. Or you realize, I've been praying. I have no sense that this is real. There's no real faith happening in my heart. I'm not believing the things that I'm saying. There's no sweetness in it. What you need is the Word of God in you. You need to be trusting it because that's how you get filled with the Holy Spirit. If you just get down on your knees and you start talking and your heart is not treasuring any of the truth in this book, you're going to have a really hard time moving forward. I had a, I had a big quote from a man named George Mueller, and I decided to take it out. George Mueller, if you've never heard of him, he's known for his care of orphans and his prayer life. He would pray amazing prayers, and God would answer in amazing ways. He wrote an autobiography that is just filled with answers to prayer. And his testimony, in the quote I had that we're not going to look at, is this. He says, I used to get up and I would pray and my mind would wander. There was no sweetness in the prayer. I would pray for 30 minutes or an hour and realize it was just wasted time until, he says, I started first to read the word. I would read the word and I would treasure what it said and God would warm my heart, fill me with the spirit so that prayer flowed out of me. That's his experience. That's been my experience. And it's reflective of what Paul tells us in Galatians chapter 3. Hearing the truth. That includes reading it in your Bible. And embracing the truth in your soul is the way that God fills you with the Spirit. And that's where you want to be when you pray. So let's talk about you. You're about to pray. You want to pray in the spirit. Not in the flesh. You want to pray in the spirit. According to Paul, you need to consider truth. You need to believe it. And then speak sincerely to God. Just consider the truth. Believe it. And then speak sincerely to God. I tried to think of a nice acronym for that. All I got was CBS. I can't do better. So let's, let's practice this. Let's, let's put some meat on the bones. Okay? So you want to consider truth. How about this one? Here's a promise. So you, you read this to yourself or you think about it. This is, this is about prayer. Matthew 6.6, 6, Jesus says to his disciples, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your father who's in secret, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. So you consider it. Okay, Jesus is promising me that God sees me when I'm alone. God is there. And that if I pray to him... He will reward me. That's an amazing promise. Think about it. You consider it. And then you believe it. You embrace that it's true. He'll reward me if I pray to him right now. He will. He will see me. And he will reward me. Wow. That's how you get filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, It's not automatic as though the Holy Spirit were a machine. You put in your coin, you press the right buttons, and he automatically gives you what you demand. That's not how it works. You may have to wait on the Lord, but this is the pathway we wait in. Considering the truth and believing it, and then you speak sincerely to God in prayer. Now, the reason I say speak sincerely is because I know my own experience. It's very easy for me to just speak prayer words and I'm not talking to anyone. I'm not really thinking God's listening to me. He's actually hearing the requests I'm asking, and he will do something. He may not do what I'm asking, but he'll do something better. A lot of times I'm just talking religious, spiritual words. If you're not praying as though God is really there, and as though he's listening, if you're not really praying, believing that he will help you, you're not praying in faith. So You've considered, okay, God will reward me if I seek him in prayer. He says it. And I believe it. He's going to do it. And so then you pray. You bring your request to him in faith. And you will pray in the spirit if God helps you. Now, I want to I offer one word of warning here. We talked a lot about the experience of the Spirit. And the reason I did that is because I do not want you to think that the Holy Spirit is simply an inference you make from the Bible. He's a person that Jesus has bought to live in you, and you can know him and experience fellowship with God through him. So I wanted you to know there's an experience of being filled with the Spirit. Here's the danger. Here's the warning. If you think, okay, well he said what the experience of the Spirit is like is an increased sweetness, joy, an increased confidence, and so you start to look inside your own soul at your joy levels, and your confidence levels, and you try to boost those, I'm looking at my joy, I need more of that, I need more confidence so that I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, you're sabotaging yourself. Because the way you're filled with the Spirit is by looking at Him and the truth, and embracing Him and the truth, and the moment you turn your eyes off Him to examine the effects in your soul, the joy, the confidence, you take your eyes off the thing that was filling you with the Spirit. This is like, I, I don't know if you've ever had a cooler, a, a refrigerator where the light turns off when you close the door. It turns on when you open the door, and you know it turns off when I close it. And when I was a kid, I'd try to open it really fast. Well, what's the problem? The pressure of the door is what turns the light off, and as soon as you pull it away, the thing that was keeping the light off has been removed. That's what happens when we start to turn inward to examine the effects of the Spirit take our eyes off the thing that was filling us with the Spirit to begin with. Don't consider your feelings directly. You can consider your feelings. A phrase I use is, I consider my emotions when I'm relating to God in the periphery. You know what that is? It's the side vision. Like, I can notice while I'm looking at God Wow. I love this, but I'm going to keep looking at you. Because the second I turn and look at the joy, it takes my eyes off the thing that's filling me with the Spirit. Don't consider your feelings. Consider the truth. Don't believe your feelings. Believe the truth. And you will be filled. The sweetness and the confidence will come. God wants you to pray in the Spirit. He wants this for you. It's not some gift that he's going to snatch away the second you try to lay hold of it. Jesus laid his life down so that you could know the power of his resurrection in the Spirit. So give yourself this year, 2024, to seeking him with all your heart and to enjoy him in the Spirit and in prayer. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for sending your Son. And Jesus, thank you for all that you accomplished on the cross and in your resurrection. Thank you for the promise of the Holy Spirit. That we, enemies, sinners, you haven't just forgiven us. That would be enough. It would be infinitely more than we deserve but you've given us yourself in the spirit to live with us forever we can fellowship with you in part in this life and fully in the life to come through the spirit oh god would you make us a church that is filled with the spirit that we would love to fellowship with you through the Spirit in faith. Would you increase our confidence in your truth, in who you are, and our satisfaction in who you are? Thank you for your promise and for bringing it about because you love us. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.